0: So yes, last week on the theme of God with us, I spoke about the idea that God is present in our suffering, in our struggles. We looked at um, various perspectives on on suffering from different cultures, different philosophies. And hopefully um, I highlighted that Christianity's nuanced approach that combines, um, that it combines understanding suffering while also transcending it through the example of Jesus Suffering, we learn, is a, is a universal experience. It's something we all experience. And Christianity offers a unique perspective that acknowledges the reality of suffering while also providing hope and meaning to it. We looked at the story of Job, which showed us that even in the midst of suffering, God is with us. Um, I also touched on some practical strategies for dealing with suffering, including le- leaning on God's promises, acknowledging and feeling our emotions and having hope in him. But ultimately, you know, suffering can strengthen and deepen our faith when we choose to trust God's presence in the midst of challenges. We can find solace in the fact that God is close and offers comfort and hope in times of suffering. So this is a great thing for those of us who might be going through suffering, mental health challenges, whatever it may be, and for everyone else it's good to know for the times that we will go through something, big or small. But not only that, it's actually also a great example for us. We can look at God's example for us to know how to be with others when they're struggling. Just as God promises to be with us, we're called to be present for others too. As a community of believers, we have the responsibility to walk alongside those who are facing anxiety, depression, or any kind of difficulty. Our support, love, and encouragement can make a significant difference in their lives. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3 to 4 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. Ephesians four thirty two and five one to two in the Amplified Bible says Be kind and helpful to one another, tender hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely, just as God in Christ also forgave you. And verse uh, chapter five says, Therefore, become imitators of God, copy him and follow his example, as well beloved children imitate their father, and walk continually in love. That is, value one another, practice empathy and compassion, unselfishly seeking the best for others. Just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and sacrifice to God, slain for you so that it became a sweet fragrance. So it's, it's a biblical ideal and a basic human need to be comforted when things are hard. We're not made to be alone. We were made to be in community in relationship with God and in relationship with others. When we look at the life of Jesus, we see a beautiful example of being with others. Jesus didn't shy away from spending time with those who were hurting or struggling. He willingly entered their pain, offering comfort and hope. If we look at the story of the Samaritan woman at the well in John 4, despite societal barriers, which were that Jews and Samaritans didn't associate with each other, Jesus engaged in conversation with this Samaritan woman. He showed her love, acceptance. He met her where she was at and offered living water, satisfying her deepest needs. As followers of Christ, we're called to emulate this example. We're called to be present for others, to listen without judgment and offer compassion without reservation. When we actively choose to be with someone, we create a safe space for vulnerability, healing and transformation. Hebrews 4, verse 15 to 16 reminds us, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus, our high priest, fully understands our struggles. He experienced humanity's hardships firsthand. His empathy allows us to approach him with confidence, knowing that he truly understands and cares for us. Similarly, we can demonstrate empathy by actively trying to understand the feelings and experiences of others. Romans twelve fifteen encourages us, to be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. When we empathise with others, we validate their emotions and remind them that they're not alone in their struggles and joys too, as may be the case. And can I also just, I just want to point out that validating emotions means showing that you're truly listening and understanding the other person's feelings and point of view, even if you disagree. So it doesn't mean that you have to agree with them, and it also doesn't mean that what they're saying is objective truth, but it is truly how they feel, and you can't actually change that experience for them. They just need somebody to hear them. In times of hardship, anxiety, or depression, offering empathy and active listening can be a powerful source of comfort and healing. By genuinely understanding someone's emotions, we create a safe space for them to express themselves openly. Galatians 6 verse 2 encourages us to carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. We have a responsibility as believers to support and be present for one another during times of difficulty. Just as Christ Christ carried our burdens on the cross, we're called to be with others in their struggles. We all need to be seen, heard and understood. We need someone to see and acknowledge our struggle and be there, it, which itself, it, which in itself just being there helps us to be able to carry it. Now, I think there are going to be a couple of different people, like different types of people, with different reactions to hearing this kind of thing. You know, we may love that idea and we think, yes, that sounds so great. We all want to be understood. We want to be seen but we don't always actually love that in, like we love that for us, but we don't love it in practice for others (laughs) because it means being there in the yucky moments. It means looking past, perhaps screaming, yelling, challenging behavior to see the real person and need underneath that. And that can be really hard, especially if we haven't received that kind of compassion for ourselves, which is why I think it's important that we understand that God has that kind of compassion for us as we learned last week some others of you here might be thinking this sounds stupid <laughs> people don't need someone to be there We're like empathy oh i hate that you know just toughen up well i'm sorry that you also never received the compassion and that you needed either and may i gently remind you that the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control And I get the toughen up thing, you know, and we did learn last week that that we grow through suffering. We do toughen up, but we do that best when we go through suffering and have support as we do it, not by taking it away either. Like we can't actually truly take it away. An example of this is um, my oldest son, James. He had a fair bit of anxiety about school and although he's fine and has a great time when he's there, Really, for the first half of the year, he struggled with the separation at the beginning of the day. He's now finding it so much easier. I mean, I'm not the one there with him usually at drop-offs. Brendan's doing that. But from what I hear, and and he also was similar at like saying goodbye to me at home, you know, um, but he's, he's now, you know, bye, has a great time, happy to go off. And he didn't get there, though, by us going, get over it, you'll be fine. I mean, although if we're honest, maybe some days we might have said that or might have given him that impression because um, it was tough. But um, for the most part, we were just there. We were present in his struggle, helping him know that we're there for him as he goes and does this thing that he found hard to do. We didn't take it away either. That would be like, okay, don't worry, you don't have to go to school if it's hard. Like that's not going to help him either. Now he feels confident and supported. He might still feel like he doesn't like that time, like he's nervous about the separation, but he also knows that he's able to do it. And probably actually he has come to see some of that truth that it isn't actually as bad as he once feared. So whether we either love or hate this empathy, listening, being with people thing, it's likely that most of us feel like it's not easy being present in people's tough times. And just just being there with them um, embodies the fruits of the spirit, especially when they're struggling with big, messy emotions. So first, we've actually got to take a look at ourselves. We've got to go on a journey of getting to know ourselves better, growing as individuals, because let's face it, we all have stuff that bugs us and things from the past that we haven't fully dealt with. Sometimes, and often without even realising it, These things can actually mess with how we support others. We've got to have a look at our own emotional baggage, deal with stuff from the past that's still bothering us and figure out why certain things push our buttons. I actually heard it said recently that we don't rise to the occasion, we fall to our preparation. So the readiness to be present for others comes directly from the inner work we take within ourselves. When we confront and heal our own individual struggles and triggers, we become equipped to offer support to others who are struggling. The other thing that makes it so hard is that we wanna offer advice, right? We wanna fix someone, fix their situation. Men, I'm especially looking at you. But (laughs) we all can try and do it too, you know? And and as parents too, we often wanna do that. We wanna you know, try and fix the situation for our kids. But don't, don't try to fix someone. And also don't try to make them happy by superficial means either. Sometimes we feel we need to say something, but actually just being there is all that someone needs. Another great thing I heard recently, I can't remember, maybe it was Tim Keller again, but is that your presence is greater than your content. Actually, I remember a quote I heard long ago that was along the lines of people won't remember the things you said, but they will remember how you made them feel. Your presence is greater than your content. What's actually interesting, we looked at Job last week and and in the beginning of, of Job, his friends, they started off on the right track. They just showed up. They were there for him. They were there with him. But it was when they started offering their misguided opinions that they stopped being what he needed. Part of being a good listener in moments like these involves just letting people talk without jumping in, without passing judgement. It's just about tuning in to their pain, letting them pour out their feelings and understanding that some of what they say might not actually need a solution. It's just them venting. Listening means allowing people to express their sorrow and sit with their tough feelings without pushing them to hurry up and feel better. The best counsellors do this. They listen actively without immediately dishing out advice or criticisms Instead, they give people the space to work through their emotions and experiences, and they ask thoughtful questions. (coughs) Sorry, paying attention. Pause. They ask thoughtful questions, paying attention to not only just what's said, but, but how it's said, and they share back what they notice. Doing that kind of listening for others might just be more healing and helpful than anything else you can offer you know it's a regular occurrence in our house at the moment that Eli will be upset about something he's three right so um there's a lot of things that he wants wants to do wants things to work out in a certain way um because he's got not much life perspective and uh his desires are often unrealistic um Or just not able to be met exactly when and how he wants them, the way that he wants them to be. So cue lots of tears. It's things that, like in my view, I can look at it and and say, well, that's relatively insignificant. But from his perspective, they're a big deal at that moment. So the other night, come with me on this journey. Mums, you'll understand what this is like. The other night I'm cooking dinner. The boys are playing out in the backyard. And they decide to come in, they want to put the TV on. And I said that they need to, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> they need to tidy up outside first. So. Yeah, I said, you've got to tidy up outside first. And then suddenly James remembers, oh, I wanted to plant the sunflower seeds out the front that I got home from school. So they rush off to go do that. So they, they did that. I went out to help them. Um, Eli got a watering can, wanted to water it. The water ran out and he wanted more water. And I said, no, that's all. We've got to, we've got to go back and we're still packing up in the backyard. I'm still cooking dinner. We're not doing any more water. And uh, yeah, he, he wanted more water he was sad. He started crying. Um, so I brought them, I brought them in, you know, to go back and pack up in the backyard. He was so upset. I picked him up. I gave him a hug. I went to go check on dinner cause that's still happening. Um, before going outside cause yeah, still not tidy up there. So I, I just, to note as well, on a different day, I might've had a much harder time dealing with this. So don't take this as at some perfect story and that I'm always like this. I'm definitely not. But (laughs) um, anyway, I said to him, I'm holding him, I'm checking on dinner. I said to him, you really wanted more water in the watering can? And he goes, yeah. And I said, would you like me to explain why I said no to more water? Or do you just want to be upset for a bit and I'll be here for you? And he goes, I just want to be upset for a bit and you'll be here for me. <laughs> I held him for a bit. Then we went outside, tidied up, and all was well again. He just needed to be someone to be with him, present, while he navigated those feelings of disappointment. And I tell you, disappointment is something kids feel multiple times a day. I mean, we probably all do too, but we've learned some perspective and learned how to deal with it, <laughs> some the perspective that they don't have. For, for kids, right, disappointment is like, I've heard it said, it's like mini grief. So learning how to deal with those little disappointments again and again prepares them for learning how to navigate bigger disappointments and even times of grief um, as they get older. And learning how to deal with it basically means learning that you can be sad and you can get through it. As adults, you know, we can look at kids, especially little kids and their disappointments, and obviously we see it's something that's really not that, in, that, that significant in the grand scheme of things and we also know that in five minutes' time it's not going to matter anymore to them, um, which, you know, it causes us sometimes to try and rush them through that because, because we know that it's not going to matter, but it does it matters to them right then and there, it matters. And they just need someone to see that, acknowledge that and be there with them. With our friends and family, when they're struggling with something, emotional, mental health, whatever situation, it might not seem like a big deal to you, but it's our job to listen and be there and not decide whether they should or shouldn't be feeling something. As I said, how I spoke to Eli, like I I don't always get that right, (laughs) but um, it's also not like a script to follow or a cookie cutter example. You know, it, it often goes completely differently for James, my oldest and, you know, depending on who you're talking to, yes, someone might need an, oh, that sounds really hard. Do you need a hug? Whatever. And others might be like, that's laying it on a bit thick, <laughs> you know, you, all you might need is a, or a nod or just a, yeah. And that might suffice for them. Now, you might be asking, but can I offer help? Because just being there, you know, you want to do more than that. Can I offer help? Absolutely. God calls us to provide for the physical needs of others too. When I mean, going through tough times, even simple tasks can be seem overwhelming. Though it might take some planning on effort on our part, the impact is often way bigger than we imagine. Sometimes what someone needs could be as simple as walking a dog, dropping off a meal, not a a random dog, their dog. Um, (laughs) I walked a dog for you today. Whose dog was that? I don't know, but I did it for you. Um, (laughs) Walking their dog, dropping off a meal, taking care of the kids for a bit. You get to give them back afterwards. (laughs) If you're good at tech stuff, maybe that, yard work, or even just tidying up. off your skills in those areas. If you ever have a you have a block of time, just sound free on Thursday between two and four. Do you need me to run any errands or help you out with something? I know I've had texts like that before and it is such a blessing. Yes, offering help might require some thinking and a bit of sacrifice on our part, but the value it it brings to our friends often outweighs our effort. So I'm sure your other question is like so. Are you trying to say we can't say anything at all? You know, if if our presence is greater than our content, we just, like, don't say anything? Of course you can. But the right words at the right time, filled with grace, can truly uplift another person's faith. But remember, timing matters a lot. And there are certain words that are better left unsaid, starting with at least fill in the blank, or giving false reassurances or urging people to stay focused on the positive, they can unintentionally downplay somebody's feelings. Well-intentioned advice, well, sorry, well in-t- well-intended advice or sharing scripture might come across as insensitive if the timing isn't right. For instance, sharing Romans 8.28, all things work together for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose, is a wonderful scripture. But if someone's just lost a family member... That's probably not what they actually need to hear from you at that moment. Maybe one day that will be, they will see that. They will see the truth in that. But in that moment, that isn't what they need to hear. So, yes, it's true that overwhelming people with Bible verses, theological concepts, it's not always the best approach, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about our faith. We can and should enthusiastically explain why we hold on to hope. But you've got to do it gently gently showing kindness and respect. Remember those fruits of the Spirit. And we can trust that the Holy Spirit will work through those words. You know, this stuff is is not just how to support someone going through a tough time or someone struggling with depression, anxiety. It's also just good practice for everyday life, for the small moments of disappointment or frustration, especially with your kids or your spouse, your best friend. Like, please, let's not forget the kids with this stuff. They actually need it most. It doesn't make them weak. It makes them strong. To know that someone is there for you and help you learn the skills of how to get that. Sorry, that helps you learn the skills of how to get through. And it sets kids up for the bigger challenges that life will inevitably bring. So it can be like a, a preventative measure, if you will, that when people know that they're supported in the smaller things, it might make the tougher times not so not so bad. Our kids, especially, and our spouses too, they learn very quickly if their feelings, their struggles, are safe to express in the context of those relationships, and then they tend to either shut down or shout louder to be heard if those things are not um, you're welcomed. And neither of those things tends to lead down a good path. So now I'm not promising that you know, do this and no one will experience suffering. We know that suffering is inevitable and that it has great meaning and purpose. I'm also not saying do this and no one will experience mental health challenges through their suffering. There's no formula to avoid the consequences of a fallen world, but there is a God who's right here with us. And I want you to know too that it's okay if you didn't get All of your emotional needs met all the time, or you don't get all your emotional needs met all the time, and it's okay if you don't meet someone else's emotional needs all the time. We're not always going to be able to. God fills in the gaps. We all need someone or a few someones that we can just be real with. Plus God, especially God. You can always be real with God. So I should point out as well that I'm, I'm not saying that it's okay for an adult to just let all their emotions out everywhere, or that we expect that everyone will be accommodating and kind and non-judgmental to us when we do. But when we know that there is a someone, there is God, there is a someone in your life that is there, that gives us strength. It doesn't make people weak to be supported. It grows strength in them. There's so much more depth and nuance to this, and I personally find it fascinating when writing this message, I kept having more thoughts to add even this morning as we were worshipping and listening to communion and offering messages. You might have seen I had my phone out, the, this out. I was adding more things, more thoughts that I had. Um, and and I've thought of all of the side notes and I haven't said it all here but there's, there's counter arguments or th- thoughts you might have on this and I've, I've wrestled with a lot of those. You know, this is all from my own journey that I've been on over the past few years and learning what I need, what others need and what God says about it all. But I do want to add, I'm not an expert. I'm not a counsellor. I'm not a psychologist. But I am just me sharing my own revelations, my own desires from my own struggles. And I hope that it has helped someone today. I just want to pray before we finish. Let's close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you with our hearts filled with gratitude, with humility. We thank you for the truth that you are always with us, even in the midst of our struggles and suffering. Your presence brings comfort, hope and strength. We acknowledge you. We acknowledge that you understand our pain and emotions and that you're here to walk with us through every trial we face. Help us, Lord, to truly grasp the power of our presence and our ability to listen with empathy. Give us the wisdom to know when to speak and when to simply be there for others. We ask for the courage to confront our own emotional baggage and unprocessed wounds, guide us on the journey of self discovery and growth so that we can offer genuine support to others. Teach us to be patient, to listen without judgment and to create spaces of vulnerability and healing. Lord, we lift up those who are currently facing hardships, whether it's emotional, mental, physical or spiritual. Give them the assurance that you are with them. May they find strength and courage to persevere through challenges. We pray all these things in your name, Jesus. You who demonstrated the ultimate act of being with us through your life, death and resurrection. Amen. One last thing before we finish, I want to extend an invitation to anyone who might be seeking a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, or if you feel distance from God, distant from God and desire to experience his presence in your life, I want you to know that he is here with you right now. Jesus came to this world to bridge the gap between us and God. He offers forgiveness, hope and eternal life to all who believe in him. If you're ready to take that step today, then I encourage you to reach out to a pastor, a trusted Christian friend, to myself, or there will be somebody down here at the front of the, after the service for prayer. We would be happy to guide you on your journey in new faith.